Congratulations, you found it! The most inappropriate book club you never knew you were missing. Starring the original book divas, Martha Steele, Vonnie Golden, and Nicole Shaded. Also featuring book nerd, Jessica Butcher. These people are passionate about books, maybe a little too passionate. Plotting world domination, one book at a time, they are three book girls. Earlier today, I shared an article from NPR on our Facebook page about a book called Gross Anatomy. And it's got a picture of a, like a cartoon woman in a bathing suit with hairy legs on the front. Mm -hmm. And let me just read to you what it says here. It says, in a mix of personal anecdotes, science and cultural reporting and interviews, this book explores questions like, is PMS real? Why do some people sweat so much? And who decided women shouldn't have body hair? Okay, so first thought, of all, PMS is real. Agreed. I've, ask Garrett. I've been a real bitch all week. <laughs> so what you're saying, <laughs> Jessica, is you happen to be PMSing right oh, now? Oh, yeah. So we were at the bookstore and noticed a copy of this book right there. And I almost bought it. No, I'm not going to pop for a full price on this one. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> it was like, what did you say was? 25 27 $27. $27. Yeah. So it hadn't been on my list, so to speak, and buying a full price book that I wasn't really excited about just didn't hit mm -hmm. me in the feels. No. So I left it there. But um, it did bring up some interesting discussion topics while we were standing in the bookstore. Right. Because one of the things it mentions on the cover is something about camel toe and the hideousness of camel toe or, or something <laughs> to that effect. And so, you know... <laughs> Do you know? Do you even know what, what camel toe is, Jessica? Yeah, I, yeah my shorts are real tight. We're, today. we're checking her out right now to make um, sure she's not sporting a camel toe. Well, I read an article a while back that in certain Asian countries that a camel toe is actually fashionable, and they have underwear designed to make you look like you have a camel toe. It's got padded pussy lips. Yes. With a little slit so that so when you put your pants on... People are wearing these underwear and wearing like hot pants so it looks like they have a big old camel toe hanging out of the what front. What the actual fuck? Exactly my point! Yeah. <clears throat> so not only do they have a camel toe, they also look like they have a big old woohoo What do they call it for guys? Is it like a moose knuckle? Yeah, moose knuckle. I can't believe really that. We had to look that up. I just think of the 70s when I'm I think of that. Person. Because remember the pants they used to wear? They were like super, super tight jeans. But then after you sit for a while, they get like wrinkles in the front, you know? Uh -huh. So imagine if you will, a man, because they didn't have spandex type jeans back then. They were just regular denim right so thin denim they didn't have the underwear to cover cover that crap up right so the thin denim and then they've got real tight pants on so that when they stand up they got the a wrinkly moose knuckle <laughs> you know this big old nasty wrinkly yeah that's moose disgusting <laughs> disgusting yeah to, like, groovies that is on just a... not attractive in any way in go to groovies on a saturday night you'll see plenty of that Seriously? <laughs> People they, still camel toe? do that? Men, men have At groovies, they dance like it's like the 70s, 80s. Or they like dress up like it's 70s, 80s, and that's the type of music they play. Really? It was fun, but you got to see some uh Well, I mean, it would characters. be fun, but I wouldn't want camel A moose knuckle. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want some new moose well, knuckles Well, I, I learned on. very early in my, my little... Uh, what would you call it? My naive life, because my parents were very religious. You know, we didn't talk about anything. 
when I was in junior high school, my English teacher always wore <laughs> super tight double knit stretch pants. And all the guys in the class would make comments about that. Her camel toe? Yeah. And I had no idea what the hell they were talking about till years later. And you're like, oh! <laughs> that just reminds me of, there's a Pauly Shore movie, like in the army now or something like that, where he goes to like the desert. He says, I've seen camel toe, but this is the first time I've seen a camel. <laughs> oh, Pauly Shore. Whatever happened to that guy anyway? No, but he was freaking hilarious. I thought he was funny. I guess his humor isn't for everybody. But I thought he was freaking hilarious. So the whole the whole idea of all of the different things that we find disgusting about our bodies aren't necessarily disgusting in other cultures. In other cultures. And I find that really interesting. When I was in Colorado, I went to my niece's wedding reception, I guess you would call it. And she had, it was a really interesting um, dynamic because one side was so clearly liberal, <laughs> the other side was so clearly not. <laughs> and the one girl came in and she was just a beautiful young girl with kids and she was wearing a short sleeve blouse and I was talking to her and I was so fr- freaked out because this is just not normal here for people who have armpit hair. Oh, and she had armpit she had, hair? She had some serious armpit hair. And it's funny how culturally you respond to something like that mm-hmm. it's like Whoa. it's like don't stare at it don't stare at it don't stare at it oh yeah it's like, ridiculous yeah well i worked with this one girl she didn't shave her legs or her pits and at the time the office that i was working with there was like four people in there and it was a small office so you have to imagine it got warm in there with oh. four people working and she just had this really funky odor odor and i'm sure she bathed every day and i don't know if it was just you know the odor catching in her hair and just you know making it smell like it was pickled or or i I don't know what the heck but and she was a nice girl i had nothing against her it was just see that's one of the difficult things about um about women is we judge each other so harshly and we don't do it on purpose. We do it based on the cultural norms sometimes. Right. And somebody who's different really takes it in the shorts. Yeah. You know? And it's at one time it, 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 you're half disgusted and half jealous because you're like, I wish I didn't have to fucking shave my legs. <laughs> wait, wait. But on the flip of that, have you ever like used like a sugar scrub and like exfoliated? And uh-huh. then shave, and then you put lotion on, and then you go lay under like a really soft blanket, and you're like, oh, "See, I heaven." I, Sometimes, I yeah. do not like the feeling of my legs not having been shaved. It bothers me so Same. intensely that I can't sleep when it gets to a certain point. Mm-hmm. I don't like the feeling of it, yeah. of my hair, leg hair, touching. like touching anything. Or like, well, it, and it, I think that after a while, if you grow up shaving your legs from the time that you're. 10 or 11, 12. Uh-huh. I think I was 12 the first time I, yeah, I shaved I my legs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You get used to that and it feels Weird. awful. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, I think part of it's probably because you shave, so your hair's not like long and soft. It's like short and coarse, so it's like, let me just sandpaper between your thighs <laughs> yeah. while you're walking. Mm-hmm. Or you know, the way your shorts rub against the backs of your legs if you haven't shaved them. And you're like, eh. And I know that we have a lot of international listeners. Who don't. It's Who the don't, norm for and, them and it's not the to norm. shave. Right. So yeah. it's interesting just to see the reaction of different people. Mm-hmm. I mean... Guys must not mind it mm-hmm. because there are women all over Europe who don't shave their pits yeah. or their legs. It, it's a bit like the whole straight teeth syndrome in the U.S. Mm-hmm. Everybody here has straight teeth. And you, if you don't have straight teeth, then you're noticed. a bubba. I don't have straight teeth. You have pretty straight teeth, Bonnie. Uh-uh. They overlap. Not by very much. Different. Tiny, tiny bit. I'm talking about the seriously jacked up teeth that you see. You know, the ones that are behind each other. In the same token, people actually go to the dentist to have them create a gap so that they have a gap between their front teeth. That's a new thing, though. (laughs) Yep. That's a new thing because it used to be you had braces to get rid of the gap. Now people are putting the gap in. Uh huh. Yeah. It's weird. Well, that's why Tyler had braces. Well, he had a gap and his teeth were like turned in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. I he, had an he overlapping. Did have some bubba teeth. <laughs> I had an overlapping front tooth in the bottom. Yeah, and they pulled it, and I looked like a carny for about two weeks because <laughs> I had one missing tooth right in the front and the bottom before These my two braces. Teeth right here <laughs> them. used to be the biggest teeth in my whole mouth. My two bottom teeth. The, teeth. the first two teeth you get in as a baby. Yeah, um, yeah, but they were bigger than all the rest of my teeth in my mouth, so I looked like I had like rabbit teeth. <laughs> For a, a mole, <laughs> the moles around here. Actually, I had to the dentist. I had to go to the dentist and get these two teeth pulled. Oh, huh. and oh my God, talk about hurt. Yeah, that Ooh. that one in front when they pulled that. I oh. I got braces as an adult, so you can mm-hmm. imagine. And my dentist had a great sense of humor. Yeah, he said, "Well, not going to have any." trouble getting a job at the carnival this week (laughs) head on over and apply it was in the summer (laughs) i'm like you asshole (laughs) i'm a grown woman and i'm missing a tooth in front i'm traumatized yep so what other kind of weird cultural stuff do we have going on here in the u.s you think i don't know but we got a message from a listener in germany hey germany listeners (gasps) oh Oh, that's what, right. What, what, did, what yeah. did she say? Oh, yes, From the mug. From Instagram. Yeah. Yes. She was talking about our mugs and said something about wanting to fly over for our event. <laughs> we would love to have you come from Germany. Him you or can her. Even stay I don't in, know if it was a boy or girl. I think it was a girl. Was I think girl? You, can, you can stay in my guest room, <laughs> even though I don't know you. But if you love our podcast that much, I think you should. Just don't kill us. Yeah, because that <laughs> would suck, because then we wouldn't have the podcast anymore. I mean, in a way, it'd be kind of cool to have an international stalker, but... <laughs> Could you do it without the violence? <laughs> yeah, we we're loving stuff. We're not big on pain. Just so. like us from afar. <laughs> Way afar. <laughs> uh, we also had a listener from England, England. who mm-hmm. wants to have um, one of our new cups. Yeah. We're going to be putting that those for sale up on our I website soon. Not our website, but on our Facebook page. We don't well, have we're a gonna, website. We're going to look into starting a website. Yes. We we're, we have so many things that we need to get done and just not enough time because we all have full-time jobs. Three book mm-hmm. girls, three procrastination queens, you know. <laughs> yeah. That's basically yeah. it. Yeah. We've got too much shit going on. And you know, we're, we're right up on craft season too. Mm-hmm. 
So I've already been crocheting. She's already and started, and I've already started making rings. I mean, yep. that whole crafting thing, that's going to take up some serious time. So I don't know when the hell we're going to have time to make a website. We need somebody to make a website for us for free. Is well, what that's we need. when I sit and I crochet next to you and tell you what to do. I'm like, no, click there. Ugh. No, click there. No, that no, is so go, not fair. No, you can't do it that Martha. <laughs> Have a project or, you know, some shit like that. We don't get paid for this crap. We need we need tech people ordering. You know, we might have some Japanese listeners. We might. Maybe we should have them chime in on the whole fashionable camel right. toe thing. If you are an Asian listener and you are part of the camel toe fad. The please. pussy patrol. <laughs> Email us or send us a Facebook message and let us know what what the fascination is. Can we come back to that? <laughs> Please. Like, I feel like the Pussy Patrol is not like a name for a camel toe fat. I feel like that's like a name for a bunch of like really douchey frat boys who are like, we the Pussy Patrol. Like, <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> yeah, that kind of makes more like, sense ah. for that. <laughs> Maybe they're well, on the troll for some camel how about toe. The, how about the Pussy Posse? Okay. Pussy posse. It's like yeah. the pussycat dolls, but yeah, <laughs> we the <a> pussy posse. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just interesting to see what all of the international fads and and things are. It is in- the it's things people find attractive that we don't find attractive. Mm-hmm. Maybe have... somebody somewhere likes a muffin top on them. I got one right here. I got me a nice little muffin what? top going, jiggly and everything. Help you out. Yeah. Anyone who likes a little muffin top and a big bottom girl, give me a holla. You know what they say, fat bottom girls make the rock and roll go round. Preach. Um, oh, you going to take me home tonight. Oh. Don't remember the words. Down beside, Down beside that, that red firelight. Red firelight. Oh, fat bottom <laughs> no. girls, you oh, make the... Oh, you're going to let it all hang out, God. fat bottom girls, you make the rock. You're in radio. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm not in rock radio, so there's a difference. I they didn't ever play that song on pop radio. Should I have in, that on my? I have that on my playlist. I have been I on, love that song. I have been in pop radio my entire adult life. Look something up. See now that song's stuck in my head. Now I want to listen to it. <laughs> my Pull dad. it up so we can play it. Okay, you got this. All right, the jam. That way. <gasps> <laughs> Damn! That's a phone speaker, man. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you let it all hang Fat bottom girls, you make the rocking world go round. That was very nice. Now we want to hear the rest of the song, but we can't because we have to get on with the real I business of the night. Something, we'll something belt queen said. anytime. She was <laughs> I knew love before I left my nursery. Yeah. Stop it, girl. <laughs> you started it. I'm sorry. <laughs> we need a transition. Okay, okay, books, 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 books. Jessica, you want to break the trend? <clears throat> Not really, but I will. <laughs> now the first it's fine. Are you sure? Yeah. That's okay. Right. Jessica's like, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, my pants were sweating, man. I dodged a bullet on that one. <laughs> Ooh, I need to adjust my camel toe. <laughs> Woo, I need to go change. I'm your huckleberry. <laughs> <laughs>
Okay, so this book I kind of stole from Nicole. Oh, she's not Sorry, here. Nicole. She's not here anyway. I know, and I did that, ask her if it was okay if I reviewed it because I knew she was going to read it too. Okay, that'll take teach her to take a month off. Uh-huh. <laughs> teach her to go on vacation. Fine, Nicole. <laughs> Sorry, I did it too. <laughs> it's called The Revolution of Marina M. by Janet Fitch. Janet Fitch? Janet we know Fitch. her. Yes. That's uh, White Oleander, right? Right, which we're actually going to have somebody on next week to review that book. <gasps> cool. Emily. I got Emily to start reading How Awesome and I. Do I get to come next week? <laughs> if you want. Okay. Yeah, you can come next yeah. week because, okay. because Nicole's, Nicole's not going to be here. Okay. So I'm going to be the odd man out next week because we have three people from the same place of employment. Mm-hmm. X. X, well, <laughs> still, you know. And I, mean. I have Nicole reading the, I mean, uh, not Nicole. Oh. Emily. Emily reading The Night Circus right now. Really? I mm-hmm. need to read that one, but I've yes, been trying you to do. read. I need that book back. I know. I've been trying to read it so I can, but I've been trying to read other. I want to read it because I got a little bit into it, but then I didn't have anything to read that I could review. So I was oh. like, yeah, to stop. So yeah. I was like, yeah, never mind. You don't have to give it back to me. Because I'm reading like, I read a 16 page paper on EEGs the other day and I just wanted to kind of stab myself in the eyes. Yeah, I can see why that might be a little painful. And then all I wanted to do when I got home was watch Friends <laughs> and cry and eat ice cream. <laughs> and I did. Okay. <laughs> I think that's perfectly acceptable. Okay. So, sorry that I interrupted your review. That's okay. The Revolution of Marina M. And this is set in Russia right before World War One. And Marina M. is pretty young when this very first starts out. And she's um, part of the uh, bourgeois class. Or, like, she's kind of a richie. Yeah. So, and this is before the revolution in Russia. I think World War One has started or it's the very beginning of World War One. And you so know when long time ago. World War One first started, Russia was on Germany's side and they switched sides to England's side. Okay. Yeah, they Good switched guys. to our right. side. And anyone who doesn't know anything about the Russian Revolution, basically they were very segregated in their classes. The rich were rich, the poor were poor. You had the working class, you had the peasants and then you had the rich. And the, once you were born into a class, you really didn't get out of that class. I mean, that's who you were for life. Well, the workers, as you can imagine, working conditions weren't good and so on and so forth. And so they revolted against the czar and had this revolution to try to take over Russia and get better rights. I mean, they wanted they wanted the same rights as the bourgeois class and everything else. Well, what ended up happening was they took away basically everything that the rich people had. Because once they went to the Communist Party, they basically uh. took away everyone's land, everyone's house, and everyone got so much square footage per person. And they didn't care who owned that house or not. You have a big house. You're going to have 15 people living in it. And you better just get over whatever furniture you have in whatever room. Because whoever moves in basically takes over it. So you got to share everything equally. Right. Which Which sounds good on paper. (laughs) It doesn't work well. No. Practically. In real life. And I just. Sharing the wealth sounds good, but does not work. 
And it was it was interesting to read a book from the point of view of the rich class, because I've read about the Russian Revolution before from the poorer working class people, but never from the people that are landowners and rich and have mansions and have summer homes and the whole nine yards Mm -hmm. and have servants. But it was amazing to me how mean these working class and ex-servants and everything were to the rich people. I mean, they basically didn't care. Yeah. And it was just, it was awful. I think you would probably see much the same if something like that happened now. Yeah. Yeah. Which, because people don't, people tend to look at people who are not like them as the enemy. Mm -hmm. Sadly. Well, that and, you know, you can't, you can't discount the fact that these rich people treated the poor people like shit for yeah. years. Right. Definitely but not sure. necessarily that individual rich person. Right. You know what but I'm they saying? were treated horrible for years, so I mean they were they were sick of it. They were trying to take back their rights. Right. But by doing so they basically stepped on the backs of the rich people to be able to get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it just kind of reminds me of a saying, be careful on whose toes you step on. It might be attached to the ass you need to kiss tomorrow. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So Marina M., she's pretty young when the revolution first starts. And at first she's for the revolution. She wants everyone to have equal rights, even though she's rich and part of the bourgeois class. She understands that people need equal rights. Mm -hmm. So she joins the revolution and does some stuff, you know, for the revolution. Well, then when the revolution takes place, things happen. And all of a sudden, she's starting to get discriminated against because she's rich. And she tries to act poor, but just her clothes. It's kind of hard to act poor. Yeah. Just her clothes (laughs) and everything. But she takes up with these poets and kind of tries to take on like an alternate persona and she lives like this very different life for a while and about halfway through the book she gets she gets tied up in organized crime because people are trying to get out of Russia because the revolution's going on the war's going on Germany's starting to come into Russia and they're really afraid of the war Because, you know, once the revolution happened, Russia basically pulled out of the war because they had their own stuff going on. Right. They couldn't fight in, you know, Poland and all of these other countries where the Nazis were trying to take over, where they had made this alliance with with Germany. Mm -hmm. And that's basically what ended the ties between Germany and Russia. Right. Was because of this revolution. Mm. And she gets tied up in this organized crime and it really takes a dark turn and this is about mid book Ooh. and so then she ends up like being this whole different person she even changes her name well that'd be smart mm-hmm. and it was just it was it was a really good book it was well written it started out a little slow because at the beginning everything was hunky-dory and she was just this little rich kid that but you went sort of to school, have to have that don't you but wanted to have a cause you know like the teenagers that are like oh my god i just believe in all of this and i have to fight for the right of the people and then she grows up and joins the real world and it's like whoa 
wait a minute. Can I go back, please? Yeah. <laughs> I need to go back to university where things were easy. Pretty much every teenager ever. <laughs> right, exactly. When they start to grow up. The, I don't know if I really liked the ending of this very well. That's the only bad thing because it just kind of ended. And I wasn't quite sure what happened. See, that really bothers me when you get a book where you're just left unsatisfied. Yeah. yeah. Well, actually, sort of like really good sex that just isn't quite there for you. You're like, it's really, really good. Really? Okay, uh, never mind. Are we done? Damn it. <laughs> okay, turn on Letterman. <laughs> oh, poor Jessica. What you missed me? us, didn't you? What gets me is it's not even like <laughs> Letterman. Well, well, oh, come on. We're old. Okay, I've been divorced for 14 years. <laughs> Ow. Letterman was a thing back then. I don't have a TV in my bedroom anymore. I ain't turning nothing on. <laughs> I'm not even going to touch that. Tell me why. <laughs> Tell me why Touch Me, Turn Me On, and Burn Me Down ran through my head right after she said that. <laughs> I was like, Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that took a turn, didn't it? Anyways, back to the book. Anyways. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, speaking of which, she's a little bit of a hoe in this book. Oh. I'll have to say. She, I mean, it's not like she sleeps with a whole bunch of people, Bring but the around. people that she does sleep with kind of overlap. <laughs> uh, interesting. Hmm. But it was well written, and if the ending would have been better... It would have been a definite five stars for me, but because the ending was a little bit lacking, mm. I would have to say it was only four. Okay. Which, it's all the things that I love. It's political. It's Russia. It's a very long book. And <laughs> How many pages do you think it was? Well. <laughs> What'd you say, Garrett? Everything I love. Russia. Everything I love. Russia. <laughs> well, I could have said it was Bonnie's like Russian, calling home to Mother Russia. (laughs) Russian. I'm not even Russian. I'm German. That's a sad thing. (laughs) I was like, why do you love Russia? I just like Russia. Culture is just fascinating. Old old Russia. Old Russia. Not the new Russian. Stalin. (laughs) Wait, what? what, 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 Talk about all the reasons that that's not better. She just likes history, so she doesn't yeah. really, really like that. Yeah. I mean, like, like, well, like. She doesn't like, like it. You don't have like. I a... like it because it's fascinating to me. That's all. So you don't have. So you don't like. You don't like Stalin like you like Ken Follett, right? No, God, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Because no, him I would kick out of bed just for be wrong. Okay. <laughs> Yikes. Okay. <laughs> Reevaluating our friendship right now. <laughs> no, 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 no. I just like it because it's fascinating because it's just, there's so, it's something that's there's like, no empathy in the culture at all. They're just, they're so, and they're so straightforward. They're, I mean, they say exactly what they're thinking and they don't give a shit if it's rude. If you take offense to it, they don't sugarcoat anything. But in a way, I kind of like that. Not that I want somebody to be, you know, purposely mean to me or part of communism. But, you know, straightforward is good. Yeah. 
But again, let me title an artist real quick before we get off topic. <laughs> and it's The Revolution of Marina M. by Janet Fitch. Okay. Lovely, darling. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> Should I call you, what's a good Russian name? I don't know. Uh, what would be the Russian name for Veronica? Hmm. Let's look that up. Yeah, look that up. Google that shit. <clears throat> you know I like to Google. Is it Svetlana? Svetlana. Hey, that's the Russian horse name on Shameless. <laughs> I was about to say that. <laughs> Svet yeah. over here. Hey, Svetlana. Svetlana. I'm the Russian horse. <laughs> my brother Shameless. started watching that from the beginning, and we're at the part where uh, Mickey and Svet have a baby. And I was like, Wait, uh, what? Oh, uh, yeah. See, I didn't watch the U.S. version. I watched the British version of Shameless, which is much better because it was so freaking hilarious. I love British comedy. Oh, my gosh. Well, the only so reason funny. I switched is because I wanted to crochet, and I can't crochet, watch TV, and read subtitles. Preach. And you know, British is not... You don't need freaking subtitles for British. Yeah, but I got to pay attention to what they're saying to actually get... Because of the accent, I have to pay more attention. I guess not everybody's as good at that as I am, huh? No, I don't have as much hmm. practices. I won't judge you much. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Urban Dictionary says Veronica is a Russian name and she's a slutty hoe. <laughs> <laughs> so it's already a Russian name. You should look up mine. Thanks, Urban Dictionary. <laughs> you should look up mine. Mm. You know me. I get distracted. My name is Jessica. You want to know all the things that they probably have about me in there? Probably a lot. They're probably not very nice either. (laughs) I'm a badass, according to Urban Dictionary. Well, to make you feel better, there is no Russian name for Jessica. But what does it say about me? We'll put Jessica Urban Dictionary. Google your name? Yeah. What's it say about me? Oh, my God. What's it say about me? Oh, my God. Oh my god, we sit and oh Google god. our names all the time. Don't even pretend like you have never Googled Only, your name. like on Wednesday night. Side note, I think I'm going to dress up as Jessica Rabbit for Halloween. You're going to need some bigger boobs, baby. I know. Yeah, a, a lot bigger. I know. But you would make a great Jessica Rabbit. You need Hopefully. some big old red lips, and that's really all you need. Some boobs and some lips, and yep. you got it made. Maybe a little bigger ass. I've been working on it. I'm going to the gym. Ooh, that is pretty good. Yeah? Yeah. <laughs> You're getting an yeah. ass. That's a mighty fine ass you got there. Working on it. This is Jessica is the most amazing girl you will ever meet, basically. She's known <laughs> as the sexiest person who walked the planet. That's why she wanted us to look it up. <laughs> Put your leg down, for Christ's sake. I don't want to look at that. She's wearing short shorts today, too. Let's see was... if I can find a bad thing about Jessica. Well, while you're looking for bad things yeah, about go Jessica. Ahead. We're, we're spending way too much time. Sorry. I read a book called Blindness by Jose Saramago. Saramago. I'm not sure how to pronounce it. S-A-R-A-M-A-G-O. Anyways, I really love this book because it was one of those books that makes you think a lot. <laughs> yeah, like, those Whoa. are good books. I like those. Um, so the, the premise is that the city gets hit by an epidemic of white blindness. Like people just randomly go blind, like driving their car, Whoa. walking home from work. Just go blind. Just and it's like at any point in your day, point, all of a sudden point. you just can't see? The very first person that the book talks about going blind is a guy who's at a red light, sees the red light one minute, and then it's all white. The next, can't see anything, just sits there in his car. And he's driving? Doesn't. Yeah. Oh my gosh. They just start going blind. Whoa. And so he goes, he, 
And the very first thing that happens to this, it jumps from between tons of different characters. And that's the, the one thing that I will say about this book is it took me a very long time to get through because it's very hard to read because like I will say the one thing that was kind of cool with this book and why it took me so long to get through it is because he doesn't write normally. I don't know how to put that. Like words are not like when a character is talking, they don't put it in, he hasn't put it in quotes or anything like that. It's just like stream of consciousness writing kind of, if that makes any sense. Does he use so other punctuation, right? Or? He uses other punctuation, but it's like, yeah, like some of the sentences I had to like read a couple of times to like, was she thinking that? Did she say it out loud? Did he say that to her or like what's going on? So some of it was kind of difficult, but it was very beautifully written. I really enjoyed reading it, but well, the, it's it's weird the way you say it's hard to picture. Yeah, like <clears throat> I had to read a section of it to Garrett to make him understand what I meant. But like he doesn't. So it's like instead of saying she said da 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 where he exclaimed da 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 in quotes mm -hmm. it's like a sentence and then like a couple more sentences down you're like oh she actually said that out loud okay <laughs> that's just shitty grammar yes I'll give you that but what, what, what? people are actually publishing books without good grammar I guess what the actual I'm pretty sure fuck? this one won a Nobel Prize too he's a Nobel Prize winning writer he, he, he won a Nobel Prize for not using quotation marks I don't, probably for the content like <sighs> But but it's just a different way it's of writing. Anarchy I've, is what it I've is. I've heard of other writers doing that. I can't remember who it was that was telling That's me about really it. That's really hard to read. That it's very hard to read. They're like they don't put commas and like it's like that is like not you said, stream of conscience writing. It's just you write yeah. it down as you think it, yeah, and I you find don't that worry about any extremely unsatisfying punctuation. Yeah, uh, That's just me. There are parts of it where I was like, please be more clear, but. Um, <laughs> You're you're way too nice, Jessica. <laughs> but I will say it was very beautifully written. His language was really pretty, and like I, I really I really enjoyed reading this book, and it makes you think a lot because, so, um, the very first thing that happens to the first character that you get to read about is he goes blind sitting in his car. So this other guy takes him home, takes him inside, steals his car. Yeah, real nice guy. Here, I see you're blind, so you're not going to need this anymore. Yeah, steals his car. And the, like, luckily, guy gets his like just desserts because he goes blind <laughs> and then can't find his way home. Karma. Yeah. So this epidemic spares no one, and so the government takes everybody that's been going blind and puts them in this old mental hospital with no real plan with how to deal with them. So like, there are a bunch of blind people who can't. See, so they have to like find your but beds. There are blind people everywhere who get by just fine. But not when you've not been blind for a long period of time it, and yeah, had someone a to like. a little bit of a learning curve, but I mean, it does happen. Yeah, or like had someone help you adjust because yeah. like, these are people who just went. I suppose blind. if you've got that many people have it happening to them all at once, it might be a little overwhelming. Right, a little bit. Yeah, yeah. It's like okay. they just go. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just have to explain what's happening. I'm sorry, Jessica. So we're sitting here and we're, we're doing Jessica's room and I hear this mouse noise. It sounds like a freaking mouse is, is getting into something. <laughs> Tyler digging his hand. Tyler is sitting with his back to us in the corner. <laughs> trying to be quiet. I'm trying to open it. You just have no idea how hilarious that looks. Because he turns around and he looks... Oh my god, I'm 
no cat in here because you'd have been toast. <laughs> yes. Do you like He's that? like. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Jessica. So everybody goes, and the government puts them all in beds. Yeah. Well, they just he puts they put them on this like mental institution. institution. They're all blind. They can't see. They don't know where their mm-hmm. rooms are. They've never been in this place before. No one can see to help them because no one wants to go need them because they don't want to be blind. Oh, they don't know so they think it's, it's catching. Oh. Yeah, because it is, it is catching. That's oh, like, like now I'm starting to get it. It's contagious. Like he passed it to this guy oh. who passed it to these people. So they're almost in like quarantine. Yeah, they're, they're quarantined. But they have like the government that puts them there has like no idea how they're going to deal with it. And they have no, they don't keep record of how many people are in there. They're giving them like 10 food rations for 30 people. And who's taking they, care of them? Nobody. They're walking around by themselves. There is one woman who is like the wife of an eye doctor who pretends to be blind because she doesn't want to be split from her husband. And so she's in there and that's how you get a lot of this stuff. And it's really interesting because you see a lot of like really amazing people who step up and are like, I'm going to be a leader. I'm going to make sure, you know, women, children get enough food. I'm going to make sure the dead get buried Oh, because they're so afraid of the blind people that if the blind person like wanders out too far, they just shoot them. Oh, lovely! <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> and, they just, and so they, and then they make the blind people in charge of burying the dead. Which how are you gonna bury someone if you're blind with a spoon? I don't like <laughs> like the, they don't have any. You don't equipment. even know where to go. How are you gonna find a place to bury? Oh, that's just ridiculous. Oh yeah, okay. it's insane. Like, yeah, not yeah. If that ever happened of... in real life, there would be like some serious outrage. From people, and I'm sure there probably would be, hopefully, anyways. But um, but you see, like a lot of really good people, and they just are selfless and helpful, and they want to do the best they can and make sure everybody is taken care of. And then you've got people who really suck. <laughs> people who really suck are everywhere. Yeah. Yep, they, they take advantage. They they can't see, and they don't really know each other to know each other's voices well enough yet, so they just get back in line and get another ration what or a bunch of dicks man or a girl goes to the restroom and a guy runs into the girl on the way to the bathroom sexually assaulted and uh, no one knows who did it because they they're, they're all blind. they're all blind and it's just really interesting because it makes you think so how would i react in this situation what would i do and it was it blew my mind because i don't know I feel like I would be in the corner crying probably because <laughs> I'm a little bitch. But uh, <laughs> and, and I mean, and there's some middle ground too. Like there are the people that are just the it followers. Just, it just who, sounds so impossible. Yeah, it's definitely like a sci-fi, not sci-fi, but like definitely a dystopian fictional thing. Yeah. And but it really blew my mind. Made me think about a lot of things because you know you you obviously I don't know anybody who looks at a world like this and is like you know. I could think of a thousand ways that I could take advantage of some people. I think most people would probably think, I want to be that person that takes care of... I think you'd be surprised. Yeah. Sadly, there are people whose whose main goal in life is for themselves and themselves alone. And mm-hmm. you see it. Mm-hmm. You see people who react. Those are the people who run out into the streets and start looting mm-hmm. the minute yeah. something goes wrong. Whoa, well... It looks like chaos. I'm going to get this TV. Yep. Yeah. Those are the kind of people that you're talking about. It just blows my mind because, and it's told from a bunch of different points of view. Um, mm-hmm. 
the main point of view you get is from this doctor's wife who can see everything that's going on, but she doesn't want to say that she can see because then oh, she's yeah. going to yeah. get attacked by a bunch of blind people. Or, you know, like, or you don't know what's well, going to yeah. happen because these people are scared, hungry, hurt. So she doesn't want to do anything too much, but she tries her best to kind of regulate things right. in, yeah. without letting people know. And it's just crazy how like what people think about. And I feel like I would have bigger problems on my mind than I don't know like a girl gets sexually assaulted at some point right who does that <laughs> like when you're all blind yeah who's like well I suppose there's people are horny all the time I, I, I don't guess. know I don't know yeah but that know. doesn't really have anything to do with being horny that really has right. more to do with being uh, like a sadist a shithead yeah well yeah like I said shitheads everywhere but yeah Control. I, I mean, power. I guess it's just yeah. some people are inherently good and some people are inherently bad. And no matter how much on the outside you try to pretend that you're good, if you are not, if you have those thoughts running through your head all the time about how can I get ahead, how can I get ahead, mm-hmm. and you don't care who you take advantage of, those are the people that probably come out to be the shitheads whenever something like that happens. Yeah. It's just crazy, and I think another like point that made me think about is if something like that were to actually happen. How much do I trust my government to not just throw me in a hole to die? Which yeah. is terrifying for one. If you start thinking about it, yeah. to tell you the <laughs> truth, with the government right now, it would not surprise me mm-hmm. if that was the answer. That's pretty to... much what they did. Like they don't have any way to help this. They haven't really been. No, there's no doctors that are coming in to like try to get like a grasp on what's going on nothing like that it's like they just put them there because they don't know what to do about it and they pretty much just leave them there and it's like you versus them versus me because i don't want to be blind and i'll shoot you if you come near me because i don't want to be blind have you ever (laughs) read the fireman by joe hill Mm -hmm. and that reminds me a lot of that story because you know it's also something that people are catching but it makes them spontaneously combust into flames. <laughs> oh, now that's yeah. a good book. That and the really government is. did the same thing with those people. Mm-hmm. So kind of makes you think maybe the government is gonna fuck us over if something happens. Yeah, Just it's no kind of terrifying. What. Yeah. Remember those inherently good and bad people? Who do you think the government is? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think uh, I don't know if it's necessarily like inherently good or bad when it comes to like. I mean, yes, but on the flip side, it's like, what do you do when you're terrified? True. Like, do you just do yeah. you only think about protecting yourself? Do you think about protecting the people? Well, think is, about is it the fight or the flight? Well, mm-hmm. think about this too. If you are in charge, you have to protect as many people as you can. Mm-hmm. So, what do you do to protect people? You quarantine. Mm-hmm. But it's a shitty thing to do if you don't have any way to protect the people you're quarantining. Right. So it's like like both of those things. You can see. Yeah, you want to you want to protect the public that has not. Right. in this whatever it is. Because the majority it's... of the people are the ones that you're supposed to protect. Mm-hmm. Right. So, I mean, I can see why they would have thought that would be a good idea. But it's like if the there's government... nobody willing to take care of those people, that's the difficult part. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. like the government only half thought of a plan. It's right. like, okay, exactly we're going to quarantine the people so that it's not an epidemic through the whole population. But then they didn't think ahead enough to think, okay, well, what are we going to do with these people that yeah. we quarantine? Was there any research going on or anything? No, pretty much it's just them in this Oof. mental hospital trying to figure out what's going on. And 
not getting enough food rations because they aren't keeping track of how many people are in there <laughs> at one point. So Ugh. they're always short on food. They won't bring the food inside the building. So they have to like blindly like follow this rope that they've attached from like bed sheets that the doctor's wife attached to like help them find oh, it. Oh, I see. And so like she, they, they're like, follow this rope out there. Mm-hmm. But then after they hit the end of the rope, they have to just blindly look, like, feel around on their hands and knees to find the food. <laughs> like, it was just That's crazy. It was insane, but it made me think a lot, and I really enjoyed reading it, even though it was difficult to read. <laughs> but mm. very good. It sounds like an interesting story. Mm-hmm. Martha will hate it because it's got really bad grammar. I was gonna say I'll be passing hard pass. <laughs> well, if you listen to it, you wouldn't notice the. Yeah, grammar. that's true. That's true. It's called Blindness by Jose Saramago. You know, I really would like to switch books tonight because I'm going to go right down the same road. And I I do have a couple of backups, but I got to get this damn thing out of my system because it's one of those books that has just really got right up my nose (laughs) (laughs) and I want it out. Well, go ahead. Sneeze it out at us. I don't don't want to think about it. I don't want any snot. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) All right. So it's called Vox, V-O-X, by Christina Dolcher. I was actually on hold for this book for a very long time, and as it usually goes, I've forgotten all about why I put the damn thing on hold to begin with by the time (laughs) I get it. So I really wasn't, I didn't know what to expect. I just started listening to it. And it is... I had to actually stop because I was, A, horrified, and B, kind of, um, how would I put that, rolling my eyes. Because at the beginning of this book, the whole premise, the way it starts out is women are limited to the number of words that they can use per day. Number of what? Words. Okay. Words? Yeah. They can only speak 100 words per day. And each of them has a little bracelet on, a counter. And if you go over your quota of 100 words per day, then you get a very serious shock. I'm learning sign language quick. <laughs> well, th- there are cameras everywhere, so you can't use sign language either. The whole thing, the whole... Okay. So I, had, I, I actually stopped reading this book for a little while. Mm-hmm. Because... I was like, oh, that really couldn't, you know, th- that's ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then I went on to this other book that I had been waiting in line for by an author I really, really love. Mm-hmm. And his book turns out to be about the government doing stupid shit. So <laughs> I'm like, really? Is this what I have to work with this week? So I'm like, fuck mm-hmm. it. I'm just going to read it anyway. So I go back to the, the original book and then I start to kind of get into it a little bit. It's not quite as extreme as The Handmaid's Tale was mm-hmm. to the extent of the weirdness of shit going on, that was but it's right weird. up there. Really? Yes. Because all women have basically had all of their rights erased. <laughs> You're not allowed to... Well, first of all, you can't even freaking speak at all. You get 100 words a day. You know how many words that is? Not, not many. Much. No. So... Um, even little girls, babies, as soon as they start to talk, they put that thing on their wrist. I mean, I was outraged the entire time I was reading this book. I was so pissed off and so mm-hmm. angry the whole time. Yeah, that would be. I was reading it. Um, but it was interesting 
to see, well, I, I shouldn't say interesting. The way it all began, they start to show a little bit of, you know, they back backtrack a little bit and they show some, some flashbacks of her oldest son comes home from school one day and she says, he says, well, I've had to sign up for this AP class. Mm-hmm. It's a religion class. And, you know, the religion in school, you know, he comes home and starts to talk about some of these topics about how women are inferior and, you know, women need to be seen and not heard and women need to stay in the kitchen and they're they're not as strong as men. So they have their place, you know, and all of these things that start to come out little by little that they're teaching the younger kids. So you can kind of see the way it sort of trickled in and the president he goes along with it he's got the, the a preacher right at his right hand and he and this preacher are basically dictating everything that's going on and people are going along with it because things are so bad that people want to go back to the way it used to be the slow integration of all of these things and the degradation of women becomes normal again i can see that it's an exercise I really don't think that something like that really could ever happen, but it was really disturbing because she kept saying that. I didn't think anything like this could really ever happen. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it was very insidious and it it kept niggling at my brain all week and I was so pissed off and so angry. And I must say that it had a much better ending than The Handmaid's Tale did. Handmaid's Tale just like... Cliff? Yes. It it had a very... (laughs) Much more satisfying ending mm-hmm. than that did, but it is it it does follow a more logical path. It's not as extreme as Handmaid's Tale, Handmaid's which Tale. made it a little bit more frightening, to be honest. Yeah, because yeah. Well, you know, if you think about it, it doesn't take much. Just look at the <clears throat> what you say degradation, degradation of women. Yeah, that we've had between the races. Yeah. I mean, I know that I wasn't so naive not to notice, but I think that separation between the races mm-hmm. is worse now than it was when I was a little kid. See, stuff like that's happening all around us, and it happens in increments. It happens so that we don't notice that it's happening. And I noticed so many more things while I was reading this book. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that it's a great book, but it made me think and it made me so angry mm-hmm. the whole time that I actually went out and bought a copy of it. It's a debut novel. So hey, hey, hey. it's going on my shelf. And Ooh. I think that I'm not going to give it five stars because I thought the beginning was very weak. The way the way it began probably would not have hooked me on a normal day. I probably would have just quit reading it. Mm-hmm. But it was a good read overall and it was well written, especially after you get past that first little bit. Little bit. Did it piss me off? Oh, yes, it did. Did it make me want to go march <laughs> yeah. for for the rights of women and their bodies and all this? Oh, yes. It made me want to do all of those things. Mm-hmm. What just really scares me is that uh, fundraiser thing for the church at the White House not too long ago. It was on Facebook. And I mean, they had part of the the video that I watched and it was completely... Like there was a preacher up there at the stand next preaching to the people who went to this fundraiser. There's a reason why there's a separation between church and state. There's a reason for it. And you cannot have it cross over. You can't. Yep. I I don't think religion itself is bad. I think it's a good thing. I think 
a lot of it is like they take little pieces of scripture and just twist them to what they their own opinion is. That has a and lot that's to do the with problem. It. That has a because, lot to do with it. I don't know. I go to church and I like going to church and I and my parents have always taught me you are supposed to love everybody. Like mm-hmm. But is that what you see from these people who are purporting to be religious? Not all of them. That's the problem. That's that's why people have issues with Christianity or Judaism or even Islam. Like they exactly you get, that's exactly you see right. a lot of the bad stuff. Right. But there, I have to say that Bonnie is right on the money on this one, and that is you should not mix that because mm-hmm. there are too many people who have different beliefs mm-hmm. that once you start picking one over the others, mm-hmm. then you've alienated a huge swath of the population and it just doesn't work and you just can't piss that many people off and make them feel like they're not part of the country because then you just don't you don't have i don't don't know it's hard to be part of a country when you don't feel like you belong but as a woman yeah i can't i can't buy into anything that removes my rights and takes me back to 3,000 years ago right. to the way women were treated just because a book says that. I can't right. do that. So, right. so, But you can see where it would happen. I mean, <sighs> if you look at what's happening right now and just think that if it takes the same it path... It could take a turn, and, and that starts me. rolling downhill so it goes faster, and you get more and more people on board with this, what these conservative religious people are thinking, then... You know, it's cool. If you want to be religious, that's awesome. Because there are a lot of great people who are religious. Just don't put it in my politics, please. Mm. Because it freaks me out. It's freaking me out so bad right now. No, but really, the, the the whole issue here is you have to be careful about how much power you give to people's religion in your politics. Because this is you know, this whittling away of of the rights of certain individuals or groups is so close to being messed with. Yeah. And you could see if that happened on a regular basis, like times, maybe two times more than what it's happening right now, you could see where it would lead to that book. Yeah. Eventually, down the line. The interesting thing that she said in here is the people who have lost all of their power mainly white men are the ones that put all of this thing forward and that's why they wanted to take women's voices away because women had become too powerful for them and they were the ones in control of the government so it was easy for them to do that Mm -hmm. right because they had all the votes it's kind of echo some of the power too like flipped on its head a little bit yeah exactly it's it's the opposite book of the power uh, in yeah. a lot of ways. That book terrified so, me too. It was terrifying. I did read that, by the way. Yeah. I read sometimes. It. It's pretty horrifying. And you know what? Sometimes, even though I really hated this book on a lot of different levels, I needed, I think it needs to be read. I think people need to look at it, even though it's horrifying and it's it's infuriating. And I, I was angry the entire two days that I was reading it. Mm-hmm. I'm still angry. I finished it today. Yeah, I know. She sent me a text message. She said, um, what'd you say? I need to laugh. <laughs> yes. And I tried to find a palate cleanser and I couldn't even I couldn't even deal with that right now. I was just so pissed off after reading this book. And sometimes that's the power of literature. Mm-hmm. 
That's good literature. The power. It's good to, writing if I it makes that, you feel yes. that yeah. strongly. That's why we still talk about these books. We still bring up The Handmaid's Tale. We still bring up The Power. We still talk about The Kite Runner because yes. they're so This is one of those books, powerful. you guys. It really is. Even mm-hmm. though it had kind of a weird, that whole 100 words a day thing, especially when it was right at the beginning of the book, it just made me roll like, my eyes. Ah. I'm like, oh, really? But once you get into the book, then you start to really get it. I wish it had started just a little different because I think it would have made a big difference for me. <clears throat> Let me do title and artist before we go too much farther. Uh, the book was called Vox, V-O-X, by Christina Dulcher. Now that we've gotten super serious, all up in here. Somebody make me laugh for Pete's sakes. I gotta <laughs> laugh. I gotta laugh. I gotta get over this. <laughs> Should we all go home? Could you please order camel- me order me a pair of those camel camel toe yep. panties? I'm gonna get on Amazon right now and get some camel toe panties for us to all wear to our event. Woo, baby! Just in case the puss, pussy patrol shows up. <laughs> pussy posse. Pussy posse. Sorry. It's the pussy posse. I just picture like pussy posse. I picture like five frat boys and chubbies, and that's what I'm picturing whenever you say pussy posse. And I'm just like. Oh my god. That's gosh. like Swell Patrol. <laughs> oh. Sorry, Tyler. <laughs> All right, I think with that on that note, that's gonna do it for three, three book girls. Can't get enough of three book girls? Join the conversation on Facebook and follow them on Twitter and Instagram. If you really love them, share the podcast with a friend. Three Book Girls, a steel trap production.